0: Plot Talk Radio. Good morning. Well, it's actually almost afternoon. Uh, it's 11. And uh, this is Lorraine Nightheart, your host of Venus Unplugged. And what we explore uh, during these episodes are all things Venus. And... Uh, Mythologically, astrologically, psychologically, all the lees—we're up to all the lees. And what we've been looking at is um, and exploring is the myth of the goddess Ainana, an ancient goddess. Uh, she was the goddess of Samoria, and we—she was the great mother, and she—and still is. We're not demoting her. And Inanna is also. One of the greatest love stories, the greatest erotic and uh, mystical hymns. And when you read these hymns with your heart and with your feelings, it's astounding what you get in touch with. So what I've been doing before... Now, next week I won't be here. Uh, I think that's May 2nd or something. I'll be here the following week. Uh, when we will then go into the descent of Ainana when she goes to meet her dark sister, her shadow aspect, Arishkagal. But before we get there, I want to uh, explore Ainana and the laws. So she was given the laws. Uh, he, he was endued, they say, with her father, but that was in a later you know, mis-evolve. And they also have an, a political effect. So this is also the story of when the patriarch starts taking over both male and female, and of course takes thousands and thousands of years, as does transformation within our psyche. So yes, we can have some uh, immediate revelations, but it takes psyche and soul. We've got thousands of years of information and transformation that goes inside of us. And the thing I was thinking about, um, in reading a myth or exploring a myth or finding out what your personal myth is, that is underlying your behavior or is kind of the prototype of the structure of your psyche, Um, because that that happens, too. We can identify, obviously, minus Venus and uh, all things Venusian. It took a long time for me to realize that. But, you know, after a couple thousand people tell you, you kind of catch on. So it wasn't my great insight. It was people like, wow, man, you really, I mean, well you know, all things Venusian. Uh, my philosophy is go towards beauty, whatever that may mean. Um, it's, it's not about a fashion. It's a beauty. It's the thing that evokes the heart. It evokes the imagination. You're in the presence of something, and beauty heals. Uh, and very often Venus um, is crucified in this society of ours and distorted but not Ainana. Ainana knew her stuff, Ainana, which one of the things I adore about her is, you know she was so and is so in touch with the living sexuality of, of union of procreation of planting so much of the myths and, and uh, hymns are in praise of. There's no sin. I don't talk about sin. It's, it's plowing and uh, it's a fertility goddess. She's also the goddess of war and uh, also the goddess of of uh, the heavens, the morning star, the morning Venus star, and you know. so. But what I was thinking about here is how does this apply? you know, in in an everyday. And he says, this is so amazing, because she goes into the underworld alone. She does a lot of this alone, except when she's hunting down her honeymoon. And she's pretty verbal about that stuff. Uh, And she shouts it aloud in their their erotic uh, communion and conversation. I mean, it just makes you swoon. But I was thinking about a in in our own lives, that there is a fact because I can you know I, as I see clients and because I I get a, like a living sense of what the culture is going through and moving through and um, although it's personal on one level, it's really cultural on another. So when we when we're not aware of something. When we get into, and there's going to be a lot of this stuff going on until June 29th uh, with this Mars retrograde, you know, we we get into uh, a disagreeable situation. Now, sometimes that's an internal disagreeable situation. And then if we don't want to deal with it, it sure is going to knock at our door, you know, ding, dong, knock, knock, who's there? Oh, Oh, what I don't want to deal with, here it is. So when we get into which we're usually not aware, you know, when we get into a mood, there's an archetype archetype stalking. When a man gets into a mood, believe me, his anima is having her way. She's really aggravating him. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't want to go there very often uh, because it is a loss to the ego, for all of us, not just men, uh, to say, whoa, I'm not alone. This isn't, my world, my problem, my boo-boo, my successes. There is the inner world rules. And that's also what these hymns and myths are about. They're invisible. So it's a hint. What you can't see can harm you and can transform you. Can do all these things. So when you get into an disagreeable, situation where you see no opening, no direct path, you assume that you are quite alone with yourself, and I certainly have had this happen a thousand times, you know, you're, you're going through something, it's, it's brand new or so you think, or you can't handle it or so you think, that's the moment nobody's around it's a ghost town or your friends or your mentors or you can't get an appointment whatever it is well I learned quick enough but I did learn that when that happens it's mine no one is supposed to be there I've got to struggle with whatever that name of that angel or that booble is or whatever is happening So this is a little hint on, uh, if you wish to uh, accept it, on how to deal with this, all right? So when you're feeling that you're alone with yourself, and I know how painful that can be, but when the aloneness, if we just don't go to the place of pity or rejoicing, or like, oh, this is all good, or oh, oh th- there's a meaning in this. You don't know that. You're just saying that. You're not really feeling that. You're hoping that. But in this aloneness, in a way, you know, it foretells you are in the presence of something holy, of something beyond you, of something archetypal, of something that can bring you into a new awareness and with due-time wisdom. So it's a good thing uh, if you think you're absolutely wrong. Otherwise, you would never make up your mind when you can't get anybody. You can't think. It's like, okay, if I cook this down, it's either yes or no. Now, my feeling on that in most cases, in most situations is, well, in truth, you can only be fifty percent wrong, because halfway through this decision, you start to realize, like, Whoa, this was not cool, or the opposite. Wow, an I blessed that I tripped over this? So, and the fear—you know, fear doesn't live in eternity, and it's not eternal. It has its place. Now, there are worthy fears that warn us. And then there's the, the child's fears or the, the neurotic fears that we won't move. We're frozen because we're alone. Well, yes, we are alone. So it's good that we think that we're alone because you just, you'd just you never make up your mind. You would remain a, merely a child. So when Ainana decides to go into the underworld after she gets all her after Inanna gets her groove right she goes in alone so when you're in a situation of, of being completely alone before you pick up that phone or let your thumbs do the walking or texting or any of that okay, you you know you need to believe that you are practically alone, but you may find yourself in a really tight place where you can where you can't get out and you're helpless. What do you do? Then if you can, you know, write it in your diary or email it to yourself or Leave a message, a loving message for yourself, okay? mm-hmm. Then you recognize you are not alone because in, in, in such an absolute impasse, that is an archetypal situation. That's why it feels so huge or profound or deep. It's archetypal. You're standing on archetypal ground, or rather, archetypal ground is mugging you, okay? So when you're in this impasse, say, wow, this ain't Kansas, man. This is an archetypal region. And what is present is an archetypal figure becomes constellated. So what does that mean, constellated? That's like kissing, all right? So we're in this deep state of aloneness, there is no one to tell our troubles to. Uh, There is nothing available to us, or everything that is available is just blech, right? And we realize, like, holy moly, here I am, me with me. I can't, oh, what, sweetheart, you like this story? That's Fatima Gana. That's my, my Egyptian male Gemini cat. I guess she likes this story. So when you're in this place of this impasse, if you could just remember, oh, I'm in the presence of an archetype. It's been evoked, or it's come forth, or something has happened. So the constellation, that means the invisible world or the world of the archetypal world, Which are the laws and the living principles, right, that I now knew all about, okay? It becomes uh, constellated, right? And so it's a fact in your own psychology that there is a potential for a greater understanding. Because there's something greater than you present in your life. Now, it's not you. It's an archetype of you, right? Or it's the, the, Let's say it's the archetype of. uh, Well, of course, who am I going to pick? Venus, right? You're alone. You're abandoned. You, you, you know. You just, it's just terrible. But then we think, well, what, what is really, you know, who's got me? Who wants my attention? When things don't go our way you know why because it's not aligned with the archetypal world the world whose passion it is to get you to your wholeness these are all forces shadow and light to bring you in relationship with the self with a capital s right So, in in this impasse, you could say, Okay, where are you? Um, That's the archetype. And if we can work with it, and one of the ways that we can know which archetype it is, is when we begin to see, Okay, what's really going on here? What is really taking place? Uh, It could be, I can't get my creativity moving, I'm nothing. Nobody's there to help me. I think I'll turn on the television. No, you won't. Then we ask, well, what does, in this case, Venus demand of me? What what does she want of me? And whatever that answer may be, it may be, a, it may be a discipline. It may be, you know, go out and go, and go see some beauty or get dressed up and stop walking around like a forlorn child and uh, know that you're impassioned. Stop repressing your delight or laugh or have a good time, whatever it might be, okay? So remember that impasse. You're not alone, it's an archetypal situation. And the archetypal figure becomes consolated. And it's, in fact, it's a potentiality that you know nothing about. You're in the presence of your own potential given to you through the archetypal world. Okay? So the appearance of an archetype in our own psychology, is always a moment of the greatest danger as well as the greatest hope. Now, what do I mean by danger? Because we're going to grow. We're not going to... the, The danger is, hey, I may have to move out of this situation completely... Or the danger is, I'm never going to be the same. Or whatever one considers danger. So instead of fear, the opposite of danger is hope. So when we find the opposite, give yourself a chance. Because something extraordinary you, you are in the presence of, coming out in this situation. And once we begin to recognize that, all life changes, or at least yours does. And when yours does, the whole world does, because there's one less person tripping over themselves. So that's part of what these teachings, is this, these, these myths bring us to. So the laws with, with Inanna and her laws, remember, she's given the laws, she's whooping it up with uh, one of the gods, the god, and, uh, you know, so they're partying, and um, he's uh, he, um, in his kind of ecstatic, drunken state, he, he starts saying, yo, Inanna, you can have this, and you can have that, and these laws are called the me, okay, and um, in, in the me, which is always a little confusing, This is the law of justice, which is a profound uh, gift to have. Not just, you know, this is the law, and this is what you need to do. But justice, which of course also has to do with wisdom, you know, what what is just about this? What is right about this? Not just what I want to need, or but what is? How does this get corrected uh, in our lives? And so some of it, all right, so when when he wakes up, he's, like, asking his meds over it, like, wow, you know, uh, give me the, this power and that power. It's like, no, bro, you gave it to Inanna. So then a little war happens between Inanna and, and Ian. um He tries all this trickery to get the laws back. But Ainana also discovers a few laws of herself. So she gets these laws, and it's her job to bring them back to the seven cities, to her kingdom, for her people, so that the people will grow. So we can, we can see this as the development of um, character. They, you know, they don't have this concept of sin, which is kind of interesting. Uh, it's such a miss. You know, sin is an archery term, which means missing the mark. So you shot and you miss the mark. All right? So in this, um, it, these laws are more the, uh, the the nature of archetypes than moral precepts. Okay, the me, me. Okay. Uh, are described in uh, literary documents as good, pure, holy, great, noble, precise, innumerable, eternal, awesome, intricate, untouchable. They could be presented, even given, held, taken, lifted, gathered, worn like a garment, fastened at the side, directed, perfected. Deities could sit upon them, and put their feet upon them and write upon them, and they could even be loaded on a boat and carried off from one city to another. It's great imagery. So with the wisdom derived from her possessions of the me, Inanna incarnates the principle of justice. So what she does is she uh, comforts the widow and punishes the wrongdoer, as do other goddesses in different regions, right? And compassion is one of of the qualities appealed to in the hymns of Ainana and Ishtar. So thy ways are just and holy. Thou dost gaze on sinners with compassion and on each Mourn, lead us the wayward to the rightful path. So it's not about poking eyes out. It's about bringing balance, integration, paradox. So the unhappy, the destitute, the oppressed, all appeared, uh, excuse me, appealed to the goddess. Again, because the me. In her earlier identification with the serpent wisdom of the underworld, the goddess is the bestower of wisdom and the gift of prophecy. Now, in, in later Babylonian times, Ishtar and is her temple uh, is also worshipped in the same way. Or, you know, the, the word uh, disaster, the etymology of the word disaster, means not following the stars, not following Ishtar. Disaster. So in dreams, she she'll also is the dream giver to give omens do I arise? Do I arise in perfectness? Now, perfectness just means all our parts. We have a very distorted image of what perfect it's one sided. But to be perfect is to have the shadow and the light, the balance. So when, when Inky, you know, when, when he was giving the laws to Arinana... Um, he was a god, but he was a minor god, right? And that's where we start to see, we're talking thousands of years here, we start to see that, you know, where the patriarch wants to, and the patriarch is not a negative thing. It's just, it's a—it's like A.D. and B.C. So let's get the heat off matriarch and patriarch. Uh, it's almost become a, a curse or an a ill omen. Well, it's the patriarch. Uh, well, we're talking, well, well, it's, you know, millions of years. It's the caveman. What? Really? We, 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 these are phases of development. Thankfully, hopefully, at the beginning of the, the paradox and the integration uh, of taking and understanding both matriarch and patriarch, which would also be gods and goddesses, and integrating them. When do we use them? All right. So he, he, again, he tries to get back some of his powers. But uh, she's, Inanna has uh, journeyed to the different cities. And she has given the laws. And she comes up with a few of her own. We all come up with a few of our own. We come up with the laws that work. Let's say just the laws in our body, okay? You find out you're allergic to something. Well, the law is don't do it. You break the law, you're going to have hives or, or worse, you know, uh, breathing uh, problems or something, okay? So with the me, which is the laws, so she, she's going to keep these laws because they rightfully belong to her as a lunar goddess. So six times empty sends his emissaries with fearsome monsters to bring back the me. Uh, and six times, Ainana, with the help of her companion, Nins Harbour, I'm ruining that word, her name, manages to sail off in her boat of heaven with her precious cargo. Uh, cargo. And she cries, My father has changed his word to me. He has violated his pledge, broken his promise. Now, one of the coolest things about Ainana, she's not a little girl, and she's definitely not father-bound. You gave it to me, it's mine. Or I inherited it, or no, it's mine. You're not getting it back. No. And I'm going to improve it. So when she, you know, now, now she's got like monsters and all this stuff coming at her because he wants his powers back and she's not going to do that. So how often does that happen in one's own life? You develop a gift, uh, and it's uniquely yours. And someone says, yeah, but I, you know, you with that, or I turned you on to that, or I made you, really, Well, maybe you did too good of a job because I'm out of here. Or you know, in, um, in in narcissistic parenting, that's one of the biggest problems. Whoever, which one? And look, luckily, you've only got one. If you've got two, you're gonna. You're going to have a life of a lot of archetypal encounters, right? Uh, the, the parent in some way will say, oh, that's because, you know, I gave birth to you or, or that, you know, uh, I had that talent, but I didn't get. That's all a the theft. And it is your right to say within yourself, no, I've earned this. And I'm not fighting this this person who wants to steal it. No that theft is happening. So that's part of the laws. So she has, and she even gave a greater laws where she gave beauty and music and sound. That's where Venus comes in. And uh, so she enhanced those. And see, he didn't know about those aspects of the laws. So she was ready and willing and capable of overcoming. He didn't have Full knowledge. So this is called the evolution and evolution of Inanna. She seems to have restored her powers uh, that once belonged to the Great Mother. And so hopefully this week you will restore some powers that belong to the Great Mother within you and that allows you um, the task What is your task? What is your creative, artistic task? And when I say art, that doesn't mean professionally being an artist. Everything is an art, to cook, to dance, to move, to love, to birth, to clean a floor. There's always a way. If we bring in Venus, something else happens. Doing it in a different way. So your task is what touches your soul? And the soul is more incarnate. The soul isn't necessarily interested in spiritual things. The soul is interested in the archetypal world. And, and um, there are beliefs, and I have to agree with them. The, the soul comes from the stars. It's that cosmic force, that ingredient. Not religious. I mean, religion likes to take it over. But the soul is is free if we allow it to be, or if we also understand why am I why that that's not even true of my being. Why am I doing that? Why am I listening to that? So there we have it. Uh, again, if uh, you can't find any of the um, the other blog talks because I think there's about 138, go to my website and click uh, the website Lorraine Nightheart and click on. Uh, Venus Unplugged, and there they all are. Now, just so you know, over the next month, I'm going to be removing a number of them. So if you want to listen, download them so you can have them and listen to them at your leisure. Bye-bye.